0: wherever you are on your astrology journey, we have a class that will help you get to the next level. Hello, my name is Christopher Renstrom, and this week I want to talk to you about the fixed T-square that began on May 17th, when Jupiter in Taurus squared Pluto in Aquarius, and then concludes on this Tuesday, May 24th, when Mars in Leo squares Jupiter in Taurus. So, What exactly is a T-square? Technically speaking, a T-square is made up of two squares that are joined by an opposition. So if you think of three planets in the sky, you wanna go with this one, move across to this one, and then halfway through that line, bring it down to a dividing point, which is going to be the square, so that this first planet squares this lower planet, this lower planet squares this other planet, and then the first planet we began with, and the planet that we ended with, form in opposition. That is known as a T-square. It looks like the letter T. What a fixed T-square tells us is that this letter T, okay, with the planets at three different points, that's going to be appearing in the fixed signs of the zodiac. So what are the fixed signs of the zodiac? The fixed signs of the zodiac, in calendar order, are the signs that occupy the heart of the season, all right? So in other words, Taurus is the fixed sign of spring. If spring is made up of Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, then the sign in the middle is Taurus. So Taurus is basically the heart of the spring. It's the epitome of spring. When you move on to summer, you go Cancer, Leo, Virgo. The fixed sign, the sign that's at the center of the summer season, is Leo. So Leo is essentially the epitome of summer. With autumn, you go Libra, Scorpio, and Sagittarius. Scorpio is the heart of autumn. So Scorpio is the fixed sign of autumn. And finally, with winter, you go Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Aquarius is at the heart of winter. It is bookended by Capricorn and Pisces. So Aquarius is the fixed sign of winter. What do fixed signs all have in common? These are the signs that say no before yes. All right, so um, they're, they're the ones who are going to basically be the immovable object. They can be very stubborn, they can be very resistant, and they're going to hold their ground in whatever element that they appear. A Taurus often gets blamed for being the most stubborn and resistant sign of the Zodiac. But if you know or are married to or have business dealings with a Leo, Scorpio or Aquarius, you know that they can be just as stubborn, just as immovable, and just as persistent. So let's begin with the first date, May 17th. On May 17th, we begin with Jupiter forming a square to Pluto in the sky. Now, the reason why I say Jupiter is forming the square to Pluto in the sky is because Jupiter is the faster-moving planet, Jupiter is the faster-moving planet because Jupiter is closer to the sun in its orbit than Pluto is, which means that Jupiter takes a shorter time to go around the sun than Pluto will take. So because Jupiter is the faster-moving planet, Jupiter is the planet that forms a square to Pluto in the sky by transit on May 17th. So that's the first date, May 17th, our second date of this three-pronged T-square. Our second date is on May 20th. On May 20th, Mars enters the zodiac sign of Leo and immediately forms an opposition to Pluto in Aquarius. So what that basically means is that um, Aquarius is on one end of the line and Mars has moved in opposition on the other end of the line. And so they they form this opposition. You can think of these two planets as sitting opposite each other on a seesaw. How do we know it's an opposition? The two signs, Aquarius and Leo, are 180 degrees away from each other on a 360-degree zodiac. Uh, an easier or another way of remembering it is that January February is six months away from July and August. So these are the two signs that are in opposition. Aquarius is cold and Leo is hot. Okay, so on May 20th, uh, the top of the T is uh, formed by the opposition between Pluto and Mars. And then our third date, which will be completing the T-square this week, is on May 23rd when Mars over here in Leo forms a square to Jupiter Taurus at the base of the T. So basically we go half a T with Pluto to Jupiter, the top of the T with Pluto to Mars, and the final part of the T with Jupiter to Mars, the final square that will be taking place on May 23rd. So how do we go ahead and read a T-square? Okay, this is something that we might see in our natal chart. This is something that, for instance, we're seeing by transit, which I'm demonstrating today. How do we go ahead and read a T-square? Where do we begin and where are we going to end up? Okay, Um, a lot of times when a major uh, aspect is identified like this, like a T-square, there's a tendency to sort of wrap it all up at once, like say, oh, a T-square is, um," you know, and come up with one final answer to how the T-square works. I don't think that that's the best way to work with T squares. What I like to do is actually analyze each part of the T square, and eh, there to form the T. So we're going to spend a little time talking about the Jupiter square to Pluto, followed by the Mars opposition to Pluto, which then concludes with the Mars, because it's the faster moving planet, square to Jupiter. So. What are T squares like? The best way to think of a T-square is um world wrestling, okay? Uh with three planets each in their own corner. And that's a good way to think of this t T-square because the three planets involved are very um rigorous, vigorous. You know, they're kind of like you know, planets. I mean, Pluto's like, you know, I'm not going to uh I'm not going to genuflect to anyone, and Jupiter is. I will, you know, outmuscle all of you. And Mars is like, I may be the smaller guy, but I can still, yeah, punch you in the face. Okay, so these are two. These are three very vigorous energies. Uh, three very vigorous planets. World wrestling. Um, each each in a fixed corner. So neither of these three is going to accommodate, and neither of these three is looking to have a conversation. Another way to sort of think of it, or, or, or let's kind of like you know, put some images here. Okay, let's say. Um, uh. Oh yeah, I know. Okay, because I loved Godzilla movies. I loved Godzilla movies when I was a kid. Okay, and the best Godzilla movies, the best Godzilla movies were the ones that were made in the sixties and the seventies. All right, they just like Godzilla. Those Godzilla movies rule. Okay, so uh, we're gonna call one planet Godzilla, and the other planet could be um, Mecha Godzilla. All right. And um, then we're going to have Rodan. Okay. So we're going to have Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, and Rodan. Now, some people might be like, well, what about Scorpio? That's the fourth uh, fixed sign. Doesn't that get involved? And we can make Scorpio Ghidorah. Scorpio is going to be Ghidorah because it's got like three heads and it's like like that. Um, But basically, in terms of the way that this T-square is being set up, um, Scorpio doesn't really have a planet that's moving through it there's a planet in aquarius there's a planet in taurus and there's a planet in 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 leo so there isn't really a planet that's moving through scorpio so you know where godzilla and mechagodzilla and rodan are like looking at Ghidorah, you know like who's hmm, itching for a fight is like i don't know what you're looking at guys i don't have a dog in this fight all right okay so scorpios kind of like get a free pass with this one okay they don't really have to be involved in it they don't have a dog in 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 this fight There isn't a planet that's going through Scorpio at this particular time. So um, let's break it on down. Uh, As we break it down, I think that the best way to do it or how how I like to teach it is let's take three simple ideas per participant, all right? So what I want you to do is um, I want you to think of, uh, you don't have to use my ideas. You can come up with your own ideas. But I want you to think of three ideas of Pluto, three ideas for Aquarius, three ideas for Jupiter, three ideas for Taurus, three ideas for Mars, and three ideas for Leo. Okay, let me go ahead and share with you my ideas, all right? Pluto, first idea is obsession. Okay, sorry. It's just like, that's always like, I, I always equate Pluto with obsession. Okay, so so Pluto is obsession. Um, the next idea that uh, I would use or, or sort of throw it on, on out there is life and death stakes. Pluto in your chart talks about what you're going to fight for uh, because it's life and death stakes. And it's not just fight for, it's like there's, and, and it's more than an urgency. Pluto was always about life and death stakes. Whatever decision it makes, whatever um, action it, it follows, whatever it hopes for, it's pinning its life on this, okay? So Pluto, when you're dealing with Pluto, it's playing for life and death stakes. And then the third idea for Pluto that I'm going to uh, offer up here is my, my Plutonian uh, phrase, which is ordeals and the transformations that arise from them, Okay. So the three ideas for Pluto uh, are going to be obsession, life and death stakes, ordeals, and the transformations that arise from them. That's just the planet. Okay, now the planet goes in a sign, right? Okay, so the planet is in a sign, and the zodiac sign that it's in is Aquarius. So we have to think of three ideas that go with Aquarius. And those three ideas would be, okay, I know right off the bat, um, the first one is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, all right? So the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That's very much an Aquarian idea for me. The next thing that I would associate with Aquarius, it's an air sign, heavenly, um, would be eternal truths, okay? Your principles, your ideals, the eternal truths that are, that are higher, than, than us, they are uh, the eternal truths that speak to our better angels. Okay, that's 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 going to be Aquarian, and then finally, oh, finally, it would be the future. Um, I look at Aquarius as being the most future-oriented of all the zodiac signs. This is this is the zodiac sign that's really committed and dedicated to the future, to the generations that have yet to enter into this world. Okay, now you can have your own ideas. I'm just doing it to to demonstrate how 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 Dorita uh, fixed T square. Okay, so with Aquarius, needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, eternal truths, principles, and the future. Okay. So so in this corner, we might have an obsession with life and death stakes or deals and transformations arise from them, linking with needs of the many outweighs the needs of the few, eternal truths and the future. Okay, so what's going to be really important for Pluto and Aquarius? what's going to be really important for Pluto and Aquarius is that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few takes on life and death stakes okay there's a real commitment to that. It's not just sort of like, oh needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. it's like a real commitment like that like 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 the fate of planet earth uh depends on this. Okay. I mean, let, let, let's go there. All right. Let, let, let's just like go there. Okay. So, so because you know what? Because Pluto goes there. Pluto always goes there. So, so so there might be an obsessive quality to the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or, or, or that's something that life and death stakes. Um, eternal truths. Okay. Let, let's do life and death stakes are connected to needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Um, there's an obsession with eternal truths. Okay. There's a real what is true. Okay, let's, 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 Pluto and Aquarius, what is true? What is really true? Not this, you know, bullshit truth. Okay, what's real truth? Not what I feel is true, not what I, you know, think it, what what's true? Okay, what's what's what what's your not, not your personal experience of truth? What's absolute true? Okay. This is gonna be Pluto and Aquarius, okay? It's it's the absolute highest in what humankind can be an absolute truth so true that everyone on the planet would like nod and say that's true that's absolutely true that's where pluto in in aquarius is going um and then finally the future and ordeals and the transformations that arise from them it is such a commitment to the future that pluto in aquarius has such a commitment to the future that it knows that a few eggs are going to get broken to make an omelet. Okay, some some difficult things may happen. Some rough decisions need to be made. But that's what you do to commit to the future. All right. So this is a commitment, a rock solid commitment to the future. And that future is about the highest in all of us. And that future is about the needs of the many, the needs of of the people outweigh the needs of the few or those are who are in charge, or elite, or, or, you know, think that this is the, you know, the select few that think that this is the way that things can be done. Can you hear uh, the revolution in that part, or, or even the radical quality in that part of, of Aquarius? Okay. And so Pluto's going to make that very, very powerful. So let's go ahead and look at the Jupiter and Taurus part of the square uh Taurus what do we think of Taurus Taurus I think of well my turf okay Taurians are very into they're very territorial bulls are territorial you don't go like into a pen with a bull and say hi Ferdinand you know and like expect it to not be uh, like what the hell are you doing here and if you stay here longer than you need to I'm coming after you dude okay so like Taurus is territorial this is this is my turf this is my stuff Taurus is also the fixed sign of spring, so it's pastoral, all right? And I love using the word pastoral with Taurus because that's Ferdinand the bull in the story. He likes to go out to uh, the pasture, sit under the cork tree, and smell the flowers and just take in the sights, okay? And Taurians are not really aggressive unless they're provoked, and they're kind of like got to live and let let live as long as you stay on your side of the fence. You can live and let live type of... Feeling about life and they're pastoral. They love beautiful things. They love nature. They love things that are green and verdant and lovely. And, you know, how green and verdant are things when the sun is moving through the zodiac sign of Taurus here in the Northern Hemisphere? And again, I, I reference the Northern Hemisphere because the Northern Hemisphere is where astrology comes from. And here in the time of Taurus is the time of spring, the heart of spring. And then finally, um, you know, I was playing around with stability, I was playing around with security, you know, I didn't want to get too second housey with Taurus. And finally, I really set upon the idea of provide. People born in Taurus are, are natural providers, they're builders, but they're natural providers. And that's something that's really, really important to Taurus as a sign is to provide. And, and that's what, what to me, Taurus is really about. It's about providing it's about sheltering. It's about looking after its own. Okay. So it's my turf, pastoral and providing like, give me my patch of land. Let Mm -hmm. me work it. Let me grow my garden. Let me build my business. Um, uh, Don't mess with me. I'm going to just, you know, do my thing, which is to make my small corner of the world really beautiful and lovely. Um, And, and, and I want, to really bring this pastoral idea of everyone getting along. I'm Venus rule to the world and leave me alone to my business where I can provide for the people that I care about and, and things along those lines. So it's not, Taurus isn't like, you know, they're for everybody. It's an earth sign. Earth signs all believe good fences make the best neighbors. Okay, so earth signs are always quartering off their, you know, their and Taurus does it the most magnificently. Okay, so let's think of three ideas that we might connect to Jupiter. Uh, good fortune, right? Right. We think of luck, good fortune with Jupiter. Higher purpose, okay, that, that everything in life has a higher purpose. We're not just like put on this world to, you know, like uh, club each other over the head and gather fruits and vegetables. There's a, there's a higher purpose being served by our civilization, by our existence, by our being. And then the idea of prosperity, the idea of being prosperous—whether that's you know go forth and and marry and reproduce and be prosperous, you know—in in the old religious texts, um, you know, or 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 being prosperous as in you know make, making prosperity happen in your life—that it's not just something that you sit around hoping will come your way—that that you come from that you come from a place of prosperity, that you come from a place of fullness because there's this inherent belief, which is important Jupiter, that God or providence will provide. Okay, so what happens when we have them square? Okay, Pluto and Aquarius is very much about, okay, needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Well, as you can imagine from what I've just described, Jupiter and Taurus isn't really on board with that. <laughs> okay, it's like needs of how many? Um and outweighing what view? Okay, so Jupiter and Taurus is like, hey, I worked my patch of land and I made some good things grow in my life, and I've got a solid work ethic, and it's reflected in in uh, in in what I do. The results of my hard work are are in what I do. So I built this up for myself, and everyone should should build that up for themselves. And and whether they do it well or do it miserably, I'm sorry, it's based on work ethic and belief in your talents and abilities and what you can do. And sometimes if things just don't go your own way, you got to work harder or figure out a way to get around that. And Pluto and Aquarius will be like, well, not everyone is going to be privileged like like you. Not everyone has their patch of land. Not everyone has something to work with. And so that's why we need to ensure that everyone gets a sense of prosperity, whether they work or not. You know it shouldn't be conditional, it shouldn't be you know based on these things. Everyone should have this, and maybe Jupiter and Taurus um you have a little too much of it, and maybe you could share with your neighbor or you could share with the other people in your community, you know, in a sort of give back kind of way and Jupiter and Taurus might be like, "Whoa, keep your hands off my stuff, keep your hands off of what I've earned. keep your hands off of what I've built for myself. you're not." getting into my stuff and you're not going to redistribute it or reassign it to any way. And it's not that Pluto Aquarius, hands up, hands up. You kids get off the lawn, you know, Jupiter and Taurus, you Pluto and Aquarius, get off my lawn. You're you're not going to do this. And so um, sort of bringing that into, this might be the struggle, you know, that first state that I talked about. But this might be on a larger term, a feeling of society or even government out weighing or making decisions about your Jupiter and Taurusness is, okay? And with Jupiter and Taurus, I'm always going to use as my default association, Earth signs. Earth signs are about health and wealth. So there may be this feeling that something dealing with your health or something uh, dealing with your wealth is being decided by a committee uh, that is higher up than you. Maybe it's a government, maybe it's a school board, maybe it's a homeowner's board. Okay, but it's being decided by a group of people or a committee that is higher up in the echelon that you are and has the ability to, um, you know, shut down or take away or to redistribute or to reassign. Okay, so that might be the first part of the square. You know, the Jupiter POV would be like, keep your hands off my stuff, you're not reassigning anything. And the Aquarius POV would be like, You have too much. This isn't just about you and yours. It's about your neighbors. It's about your co-workers. It's about society. And um, you should give some of this up. You should share. You You should do what's good for the good of everyone involved. You may have to suffer in the moment, but it serves a higher purpose, which is eternal truths and an equal society one day and a future that's yet to be walking around on this earth. So that might be the first part of the square. And so those might be different examples to think of. The pull towards doing what's right by others versus holding on to what's yours. Okay, that might be a simple way of putting it, okay? And that it's a square, which means it's in conflict. Okay, the next part of this T-square, okay, we're now going to move from the Pluto and Jupiter square to the Pluto and Leo opposition, Squares are combative um, and they're engaged. All right. In in opposition, they don't agree and they're not engaged. OK, so with an opposition, the planets are polarized. They've taken up uh, sides in two opposite ends of of an argument or debate or uh, <laughs> two political parties. OK, and things are polarized. There's nothing bipartisan. There's nothing cooperative about it. In fact, they want nothing to do with each other. They just, you know, just want to actually head into opposite directions. Okay, and so what we have here, and this takes place on May 20th, is Mars will be forming, and Mars will be forming in opposition to Pluto and Aquarius on May 20th. This is the direct line. This is the top of the T that makes the T square. Okay, that makes the T. Okay, so we're talking about the top of the T. Um uh, Mars is forming the square because Mars is the faster moving planet than Pluto. Mars is closer to the sun in its orbit than Pluto is. And so Mars is just kind of like passing on through and 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 it's going to be forming the square. Okay, so we have our Aquarius, our Pluto and Aquarius idea. And so let's add to this our uh, Mars in Leo idea. And uh, when we uh, start with the zodiac sign of Leo, okay, Leo is a lion, okay, king of the jungle. Okay, so with Leo's, we can connect the idea of self. Okay, I come first, is Leo. Then we want to connect the idea of of, of heart. Okay, Leo rules the heart. The phrase lion-hearted means courageous or noble. So heart is very important to to Leo, the, the idea of heart, of, of being affectionate, of being loving, of being noble of really being the role model, the leader. A lot of astrology books will say that um, Aries is a leader. I haven't found that to be the case. Aries will take the lead, but Leo is the leader. Leo is the top of the heap. And that's the last idea I would associate with Leo. They are king of the jungle, which means that they're top of the heap, which means that they are the top of the food chain. Okay, lions are at the top of the food chain here. And so it's going to be self, heart, and top. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm important. You know, what I feel is important. What I say is important. Everything about my life is important. Um, And people look to me and they, um, they, they look to me and I need to be a role model, an upstanding role model for them to follow. And this is pretty much what, what Leos will, will do. OK, so then we're going to take that. That's Leo. You know, it's warm, hot, affectionate, the hottest time of the year. And then we're going to add Mars to Leo. Mars is a gumption and drive or, or the first ideas that come to mind. OK, Mars is really about drive. Mars gets you what you want. OK, so Mars is all about getting you what you want. Uh, I want what I want and I want it now. That's that's Mars. There's a there's an urgency to Mars. And also, Mars is about fight. It can be outward fighting, like you know uh Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla or, or you know going at it, you know um but it can also be putting up with the fight, in other words, taking the blows or enduring hardship um or 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 being you know tougher than you know Have you ever seen those gritty movies where they're like, you know, tell us? tell us what the secret formula is that was being secreted across the channel, you know, punch, punch, punch. And the guy's like, is that the best you can do? And they're like, we're going to punch you again. Tell us the formula. Punch, punch, punch. And it's like, you call that, you you call that punching me out? You guys are wusses. And it's like, <laughs> okay, so that's Mars. So Mars is not only punching, but Mars can also be about taking it, t- toughing it out. Okay, it's going to be Mars. So, um, so here you've got Mars in a very um fiery sign okay a sign that really looks to itself it relies on itself and it wants to really uh, mars and leo wants to be the best that it can be but actually i'm going to go a little further mars and leo often is the best that it can be i mean (laughs) leo has this sense of i'm already there you know i'm i'm already the best and and mars and leo is like yes yes i am and so I can I can take the things that I want and they should be given to me because I'm a Leo. Okay, so th- th- this could be very much Mars and Leo. Now you could see the obvious opposition with the Pluto and Aquarius. If if Pluto uh, Pluto's Aquarius is I'm serving the needs of the many, which are weighing the needs of the few, and Mars in Leo is like excuse me, what? <laughs> you know what? What are you? Doing here? Sure. What do you mean, the many? You know, uh, there's a, such a thing as best, um, and 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 being um, and and being exalted and celebrated, and, and this is something that's that's very important. And I'm taking away my prize, okay. Mars and Leo is like entering a contest, and then someone says at the beginning of the contest, "You know what? We got rid of the idea of prizes. Everyone's just going to do the best that they could do." Okay, and 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 at the end, everyone's a winner. Mars and Leo's like, what? Huh? I don't, huh? (laughs) What do you mean? No prize, no trophy, no point to trying our hardest. Everyone's a winner. You know, that might be a Pluto and Aquarius idea. We're taking away prizes and um, everyone's a winner and everyone's the same. And that would be absolutely opposed to a Mars in Leo, which is going to believe in personal excellence, beginning with its own. <laughs> you know, and so that idea of an opposition, you could sort of see that playing out. A Pluto in Aquarius might make everything equal. My, my, you know, it might be a level playing field, unconditional level, level playing field. And a Mars in Leo might be saying, you are not taking away my trophy. You are not taking away my prize. You are not taking away the things that I have worked hard for, and that I that I accept. Okay, so you so this would be an absolute opposition, an absolute resistance. Okay, that's going on between these two these two ideas. Uh, so so that could be uh, the uh, May twentieth, and then to finish the T square, and you can already sort of see the alliance that. Taurus and Leo might have against the Aquarius because Aquarius being let's take away the things that divide. Let's take away the fact that there has to be an upper part and a lower part and let's make it the same. You can see where uh, Mars and Taurus would be like, you are not taking away anything that I've built and made for myself or that I own to give to someone else. And Mars and Leo is, you are not taking away the trophy. You know, I mean, imagine like, you know, Miss America pageant. They're like, I'm sorry, Miss America, everyone wins. We're taking away your trophy. No, you're, not, you're not. Okay, it's not going to be nice. Okay, so that could, be, that could be what's going on with that. So now we're coming to the final part of the T-square, which is the Jupiter in Taurus versus the uh, Mars and Leo. So maybe this is Rodan versus Godzilla. And Aquarius can be Godzilla, okay, because he's robot Godzilla. Okay, so 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 the, this is um, modern Godzilla. So this is uh, modern technology Godzilla. Okay, so this is Rodan versus you know Godzilla going on. You know Taurus versus versus Godzilla Mars and in 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 Leo. And so what might be? Um, this is a good question. What might be their beef? what might be their disagreement. So what you want to go on, what you want to do is return to those three ideas that I was talking about, you know, my turf, uh, pastoral, and uh, provide, okay? Leo's are going to vibe with that. There's not a huge conflict with it, um, except that Leo's are going to insist that they do things their own way, or that they be celebrated for just existing. No, I'm not going to do that to them. But um, but but, Leos feel like you know I I I need to rise. Uh, I need to rise to the best that I am, or 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 I am the best that I am. And Taurus doesn't really have that kind of a sensibility. Uh, so what they might have as a conflict is the idea of why do you get to do that? Okay, why do you get to do that? Um, Who gave you final say? Who died and made you in charge? Okay, that might be a conflict between the two. Taurus may feel very much like um, it's the reliable one, that it's the hardworking one. Um, And then Leo may have this feeling, the Mars and Leo may have this feeling that I am owed this or I can take this uh i can take this can be uh, like like this belongs to me because i like it that can sometimes be a mars and leo uh type of thing there can be a kind of privilege or a noblesse oblige or 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 this is because i want it to to be so and that can get on the wrong side of a taurus that can make a taurus see red um especially if the relationship that's being described in this last square in may 23rd is between someone who's been the reliable one and someone who's been more sort of like, well, you serve me. Um, now that doesn't mean that the person saying, you serve me is 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 a horrible person, but it but it might mean like they're a manager or a superior in some way. Uh we could reverse it. It could be a favored child, okay. Um, and so Uh, The Taurus might all of a sudden have reached the point, and we talked about this a little bit before, of like, um, you know, I'm tired of doing this for you. And it may sort of like stop its plow in the middle of the field, the bulls pulling it, and say, I'm tired of doing this for you. Why don't you lend a hand or why don't you help out in some way? And the Mars and Leo might be like, well, why? Or go back to work. or, Or that's what you do. I do my thing, which is read the newspaper and smoke a pipe, you know, but that's what you do, which is plow the field or whatever. So there may be um a conflict in which the Taurus part of this T square is now going to sort of try to change the rules, you know, um, and say, you know, I've spoiled you or you've relied on me and now I'm going to sort of change these rules. It's kind of being fed by the, you know, hey, maybe there's something to that needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and maybe there is a. You know, there, there is something to the elite getting away with things and maybe they should pay for things or, or help out. And Leo's going to be like, why are you changing the rules all of a sudden? Who are you to change the rules? So there might be a little bit of that kind of conflict where Taurus uh, might expect the Leo to bend the knee and the Leo's like, I'm not bending the knee for, any, for anyone. There's been no rule change here. So these are the ideas. These are the ideas that I would want you to keep in mind as this T-square unfolds. It's been unfolding from last week and into this week. And sort of see if you see any of these characters' voices or even situations that are playing out in your life. Transiting planets refer to where the transits are right now in the sky. We've got the planets in the horoscope. And always think of your NATO horoscope as um, a, a screenshot. Of the sky at the time you were born it's it's static because that's those are the points of light that we're going to diagram and describe your personality by um, and and your unfolding purpose in life but transits obviously the planets have been in motion since the day that you were born and so they're in constant motion and as they go over angles or aspect different signs or as we're talking about today form this t-square in the chart They may bring about events that might uh, have some resemblance to what I've been describing, but the other thing that they do is that they can sow the seeds. They can sow the seeds to future events, and in that case, you'll want to see what happens when Venus travels over the same territory from June 5th to June 11th. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.